Very good to be here in Connor. It's a while since I was here. Used to work just up the road in Glen Quarry for almost 10 years. Lovely to be back again this evening in County Antrim. Philip, thanks so much, brother, for the invitation to be here. Real pleasure. We had a great day yesterday uh, and great to be here just again this evening. As we think about good news uh, for the countryside and part of this Countryside Connections weekend that Philip has already alluded to. So my name is Kenny Hanna, and I'm the Presbyterian Church in Ireland's rural chaplain. And just very, very, very briefly, our reason for being is to care for farmers, their families, and the rural community, and to bring the hope of the Lord Jesus and the good news of Jesus, the Good Shepherd, to everybody we meet, farmer, non-farmer, farming family member, person who lives in the rural community, our job is here to show Jesus' love in practical ways and as we speak about our Savior and what we do is all about the Lord Jesus. So we work, we work really across all of County Armagh and we cover quite a bit of County Down as well. We're helping farmers and farming families with a whole variety of need. It could be succession, who the farm will pass on to, could be farm accident, could be physical illness, could be uh, mental illness, could be just any number of things. Trying to support people, show them Jesus' love, and point them to the hope and salvation that only the Lord Jesus can give. There's a team of us that work at Four Livestock Marts. Those are at Downpatrick, Rathryland, Market Hill, and Hilltown. And we receive a really warm welcome from people of all backgrounds, and we're here for absolutely everyone without distinction. That's massively important. We also do events with all kinds of folk from Farmers Union, Young Farmers Clubs, Rural Support, Farm Families, Health Checks, uh, you name it. Uh, we, we work with all kinds of organizations. And we refer farmers and farm family members to various organizations in times of need. Now, this is not a doom and gloom talk. I'm an optimist. And I'll tell you why I'm an optimist. The Bible tells me Jesus is coming back to sort the whole thing out. Right? And because I believe Jesus is coming back to sort it all out, that makes me a real optimist. That's what's happening, folks. We've got to be ready for it. So this is not a doom and gloom talk, but we do need to be realistic because we are all in need and all in trouble in a way, I guess. We are in bigger trouble than the day Granda Hannah and I fell out over a hose. Now, um, my mitigation is I was in primary school. I'm hoping I was pretty young in primary school. I don't know what age I was, but I was in primary school anyway. And on our farm, Granda Hannah and I, we fell out over this hose. And um, I can't remember if it was over washing the lower yard or if it was washing a livestock trailer. I can't remember, but we fell out over this hose anyway. But somehow or other, I got a hold of the hose. What do you think I did with the hose? Have a guess. <laughs> You're quite right. I soaked him. I soaked him from head to toe with that hose. He was drenched. And Granda Hannah 
they were quite funny because Granny Hannah was full of fun and Granda Hannah was quite stern. But, you know, he, gave, he forgave his wee grandson pretty quickly. Didn't hold grudges. Folks were in far bigger trouble than that. The cost of living crisis, I think, is really biting, and, and everything really is so expensive, isn't it? And can I just say, by the way, and you can chat to David Brown about this later on, but the price you're paying for your milk uh, in the supermarket and so on, our farmers are receiving um, a very, very small proportion of that. If you go onto Facebook, the Ulster Farmers Union had a really good post up about that a while back ago, and you can check that out for yourself. Uh, but that's a by the by. Okay, so the cost of living crisis is, is biting all of us. And problems are, are way wider than that across Europe. We know there's war in Ukraine. There's tottering instability right across the Middle East. And if you come from a farming family, you will know there are all kinds of extra pressures on that. We all complain about the weather, but if you're a farmer, your life revolves around the weather. It's been a really difficult year to make silage and winter crops. Our vegetable farmers and potato growers are having real difficulty in getting the potatoes and the vegetables out. I was speaking to a potato grower this morning and he hasn't got all his spuds out yet when he should have had them out a number of weeks ago. We used to be a dairy farm growing up. I couldn't wait to get the school bag fired into the corner when I came home and milk cows and feed calves. I want to say to you that our dairy farmers have seen the, the price that they receive for milk plummet from in around 50p per litre to 27, 28p per litre. It's gone down by over 40%. So I just want you to imagine going into work tomorrow and your employer saying to you, oh, by the way, your wages are down by 40% this week. Oh, and that's also next week and the week after. In fact, we can't tell you when your wages will rise and by how much. How would you fancy that as your Monday morning reality? That is where our, our dairy farmers currently live. Input costs remain high. Round about 11% of cattle herds in Northern Ireland have a TB reactor and uh, that closes down your herd. And there's a, there's a very good video by the Ulster Farmers Union on a, a farm that lost all of their uh, dairy cows. They had to be uh, slaughtered because of TB. Uh, and if you've been in farming for generations and perhaps know your cattle for generations and the back breeding of them, and you know the mother, the grandmother, the great-grandmother, and back and back and back you can go. The emotional loss of having your herd compulsorily slaughtered or a large proportion of them is absolutely heartbreaking. It would break your heart. It would. Mental health is a big issue as well. There was a survey done uh, by uh, uh, taking in young farmers under 40 across the UK earlier on this year, one of the findings was a very startling finding that 94% of young farmers under 40 in the UK say that mental health is one of the biggest hidden 
challenges across UK agriculture. And the presence of our farm support agencies here this evening in very challenging times, I think, just highlight that too, as Farm Families Health Checks, Health and Safety Executive, Rural Support, Ulster Farmers Union, and the Young Farmers Club in Kells and Connor, just down the road. We all face challenges, folks, whether we're farmers and farming family members, or whether we are not. But if you're a farmer like me and I farm part-time, we farmers are just about the worst at admitting we've got problems. We try to soldier on bravely. And as a society, we're not good at admitting we've got challenges either. I mean, as a society across Western Europe, and the UK is, is an integral part of this, we've kind of got to the point where we think that we have outgrown God, that we somehow or other don't need God, that, that God was for ancient primitive people, and really we've outgrown all of that. We're far more sophisticated in Western Europe, or at least so we think. Folks, I want to say to all of us this evening, myself included, that far from having outgrown our need for God, the cost of living crisis, mental health needs, concern about our family members, which we all have, and a whole bunch of farming-related challenges show us, I believe, that we need God more than ever. We do. And that's why I'd like us to turn this evening for a few moments to Psalm 23, the shepherd Psalm. It's all about needy sheep and a loving shepherd, written by an elderly King David looking back over his life, remembering how he cared for his dad's sheep and comparing that care to God, the shepherd's care for him. The big message of, of Psalm 23 really is, I think, the shepherd who welcomes needy sheep. So if you want to turn, if you've got a Bible with you and, or a phone or whatever, use Bible Gateway, put it up on your phone, put your phone on silent. Psalm 23 is where you'll find this. The shepherd who welcomes needy sheep. I, I believe, I, I'm convinced of this, that this is a message for our time. And this is the Savior shepherd we all, myself very much included, we all need. The shepherd who welcomes needy sheep. What does that look like? What does he look like? Well, here's the first thing. He's the shepherd who has it all. If you look with me, please, at verse 1 of, of Psalm 23, the, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, says David. Now, whenever you see that name, Lord, and block capitals in the Bible, it's always really important. What does it mean? Well, God tells Moses way back in Exodus chapter 3 some aspects of what this name Lord in block capitals means. So it means that he is totally self-sufficient. He, he doesn't need outside help. He's always in charge. He's always in control of things. He's completely unchanging. We change like the weather. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, the Bible tells us. He's eternal. We're just a mist, we're just a vapor, the Bible tells us. But God has always been and he will always be. And you know what? He doesn't let us down when we trust in Jesus. He's always faithful to his followers. Sometimes we're friends who say, well, I'll do this and I'll do that, and they don't do anything. God always keeps his word. 
and he's 100% sufficient for all our needs. He is all that we need. He is the shepherd Lord who has it all. Now, whether we're, we're farmers and farming family members or whether we're not, we all, to some degree, I think, wear a mask. And I'm like this too. And we all love to give the impression we've got it far more together than actually we do. And so somebody says, what about you? And you say, oh, boys, I'm, you've no idea how good I am. And maybe that's complete nonsense. Maybe your heart is breaking. Maybe your bank balance is under pressure. Maybe you're concerned for a family member. Maybe you're worried about your physical health. Maybe you're struggling mental health-wise. Maybe for young people that study with a whole raft of exams and coursework to do, building up this time of year. We all have our struggles, don't we? If we're honest. I'm so glad that God is not like me. I mean, God is not a better version of us. God is not us on a good day. God is God. And we are not. Even his name, the Lord, shows us he is the shepherd God who has it all. God is the shepherd we need in needy times. He's the shepherd we need for any time. He's the shepherd we need for all time, forever. He is God. There's a real danger for us in this, of course, and that is we think, well, if that's what the Lord is like and he has it all, surely he won't want anything to do with us. I mean, why would he hang out with Kenny Hannah, for example? Surely he wouldn't touch Kenny Hannah with a barge pole. I mean, why would he? But folks, far from not wanting anything to do with us, this shepherd Lord is so humble that in fact he's the shepherd who became a sheep. Now, if you keep sheep, then you'll do this sometimes. And whenever you do this, you don't ever want anybody else to be around to hear you do this. But at times, shepherds pretend to be sheep. And we make bleating noises, don't we? I've done it countless times to get the sheep down to the truck. And we pretend for a few seconds to be sheep. But you know, the sheep acts in wears off, doesn't it? I mean, no shepherd stays a sheep. Really interesting, actually, the Bible describes us as sheep. And the Lord's Son is the only shepherd who actually became a sheep. He was born into the world as a baby. I mean, you don't get any more human than that. But, but Jesus identified with us in a far deeper way than that. He actually died for us. Jesus tells us in John 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And this brings us to one of the most important questions we will ever ask. I would, I would suggest it's the most important question we will ever ask, and here it is. I mean, so why did Jesus do that? Why did Jesus die? I mean, why did Jesus, the good shepherd, lay down his life for us, the sheep? Well, I believe it's because we are the straying sheep. I mean, sheep stray, don't they? 
when I was a boy, we used to keep our sheep there. That's called Knock Cree. It's about a 15-minute walk up the road from our farm up the Balamajok Road. And uh, if you can just about see there, at the very top of Knock Cree, there's this green grassy bit. Now, we had our sheep up there, and it was really fairly well fenced round. But our sheep decided one summer that they would wander away from the nice green grassy bit at the top, and they would make their home amongst all of those trees. How much grass do you think there was amongst the trees? Not all that much. So they left the grass, the luscious green grass, for the trees when there was very little grass. Why did they do that? They did it because they're sheep. People sometimes say sheep have two aims in life. One is to die, the other is to break out. Sheep stray. And it is for sure no accident that the Bible describes us, you and I, as sheep. How does Isaiah the prophet describe us? Isaiah 53 and verse 6, all we like sheep, like my sheep on not Cree. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus took our iniquity. It means, it means our sin, our straying from God, and the guilt that we all feel because of it. And the punishment that we all justly deserve from God because of it that will separate us from him forever and ever and ever in a lost eternity. Jesus died in his followers' place for all of that because we are straying sheep. He was our substitute. He took our sinful place and died for us. I want you to imagine... Kells and Connor Young Farmers, you're competing in a Young Farmers Club at Sunokout. And you're getting on really well. And you've reached the final. And there's you and your arch rivals. I don't know who your arch rivals are up here, but whoever your arch rivals are, you and them are in the final of the Sunokout. Now you've got one problem. And the your problem you've got is that one of your kind of star team members twisted her ankle in the semi. And she can't participate. She's out of the final. And you're thinking, well, look, we've just lost. We've no hope now. But thankfully, you've got somebody in reserve. You've got a substitute. And she takes her teammate's place. And she plays an absolute blinder. And Kells and Connor lift the Young Farmers Club. It's a knockout trophy. Wouldn't that be good? Folks, Jesus is our substitute. I mean, he took our sin. And he took our guilt. I mean, do you feel guilty? Do you ever feel guilty? I mean, we, we try and do all sorts of things, busyness amongst them to cover over our guilt, but it's still there nagging away at us like the toothache at times. Well, Jesus died for that nagging toothache of guilt you feel and for your sin and for your 
punishment and my punishment that we all deserve for it. Now, we might take a DIY approach to life. We might try and make ourselves good enough for God. We, we maybe try and think at times, we may not actually ever say this, but we may kind of subconsciously think this, well, I can be kind of almost my own savior, and if I just do enough good stuff, and if I'm just nice enough and, and kind enough, that'll do. Or maybe we use religion as a crutch, and we hope, well, well do you know, if, I, if I'm religious enough, I mean, God will really be into religion. He'll think that's great, and, and he'll pat me on the back, and one day I'll get into heaven to be with him. Folks, this evening, I, I'm simply asking you to give a Jesus a fair hearing. I'm simply asking you to seriously consider, to, to, to seriously consider, that is, that our only way back to the God we have offended, we have strayed away from, that our only way back to God is actually to trust in the shepherd who became a sheep so he could die to forgive our straying and rise from the dead to beat death and give us forever life. If you are afraid of death, this is the only way not to be afraid of it, to trust in Jesus who beat death by rising again from it. Your fear of death can become your victory over death if you love Jesus back and trust in him. And so that brings us then to pretty much near enough the end of what I want to say, and that is, well, how, how should I respond to all of this? If I'm a straying sheep and I realize that, in fact, I've realized it for years deep down, how should I respond? Well, we don't need to guess because the Lord Jesus himself tells us. In Mark 1 and verse 15, Jesus says, repent and believe in the gospel. So what's that mean? Well, Jesus says we need to repent, and that means we need to turn away by God's enabling, to turn away from, from straying away from God. And we need to do like a 180 degree turn to, to, to stop going our way and by God's enabling to, to, to go God's way, to go Jesus' way. We need to repent. Repentance sometimes gets a bad press. It simply means to change your mind, to humbly admit that we've got it wrong. That's what it means. We've got to repent. And then Jesus says we've got to believe in the gospel, believe the good news, trust that, that actually Jesus died to forgive us, to forgive our straying, and believe that when he rose again from the dead, he did that to beat death for anybody at all who love him back and trust in him. I wonder, will you, will you think seriously about making that commitment to Jesus tonight? And if you will, and David spoke earlier about some of the differences it makes when we come to know Jesus. Here's a couple of them as we finish. If we love Jesus back, if we repent, if we believe the good news, then we'll find the shepherd is with us in every challenge. I mean, he's with us in every trial, and that includes death. Here's what David writes towards the end of the psalm, verses 4 and 5. Even though, says David, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Folks, death is the final frontier for us. Even our loved ones can't walk with us there, but Jesus can and he will if we trust him. Let me tell you a true story. I, I always keep confidence as nobody here will have any idea who this is. But when I was a young student minister many, many years ago, 
I remember going to visit a lady who was terminally ill. And I had really very little experience. And I thought to myself, what will I say to this lady? I was really dreading going to see her. I was actually quite frightened of it, tell you the truth. And I went to visit this lady in fear and trembling, with little experience and young. And you know, as I got chatting to her for a moment or two, I discovered that she followed Jesus. And I spent a wonderful hour with that lady. And I don't know if I did her much good. I suspect I didn't, but I'll tell you this. She did me the power of good. And why was that? Because she wasn't afraid to die. Jesus, her shepherd, was right there with her in the valley of the shadow of death. And he can be with us too when we trust in him, not ourselves. And that's not all. The shepherd will be with us forever. Someone has said that goodness and mercy are like Jesus, the shepherd's sheepdog. So they, they keep behind us, guiding us in the right way and, and turning us away from the wrong sinful paths until one day we reach heaven to be with Jesus. As David signs off the psalm, he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Folks, this is the best news that I have. This is all that I have. I don't have anything more than this, that the shepherd welcomes needy sheep. And that's terribly good news for all of us, whatever our struggles, whatever our worries, with our family with our health, mental or physical, with our farm, with our work. We may wear a mask, and later on people will ask you, how are you doing? And you'll put on this big smile, and you give them a warm handshake, and you let on that you're fantastic when you're anything but it. Folks, let's take away the mask. Let's admit we need Jesus. And let's trust in him, will we? Because if we will, we'll discover that Jesus is a shepherd who became a sheep to welcome straying sheep like us. He didn't talk love. He showed it as he died in our place for our sin and the guilt we feel because of it and God's judgment that we will deserve forever. So have you responded to Jesus, the shepherd's welcome to you? It's a welcome extended again this evening. Philip and I will be around later on. Please speak to us. We'd love to help you come and find help and hope in Jesus. If you have responded, if you have loved Jesus back, if you have repented and believed, then Jesus, the good shepherd, will be with you in every challenge, both now and forever. What good news that is. Jesus, the shepherd, is just who I need. And he's exactly who you need to. Let's just pray for a moment. Our Father, we're so thankful and so grateful that you've sent your Son, the Lord Jesus, into the world, fully human, fully God, born as a baby, but Father, we thank you that Jesus' identification didn't end in Bethlehem. It took him all the way to Calvary to die on a cross 
where, Father, he took his followers' sin and the guilt that nags away at us and the punishment and judgment of God that we justly deserve forever. Thank you that Jesus came to be our substitute, to take our place. Lord, help us not to be too proud to admit tonight that we need his help. Help us, Lord, to throw the mask away by your enabling. Help us to repent, to turn away from going our way and by your enabling to trust in Jesus and go his way. Knowing that as we trust in him, our sin is forgiven by his death and by his resurrection. One day as we pass through that valley of the shadow of death, we don't have anything to fear because you will be with us, Lord. Your rod and your staff, they will comfort us. And you will take us by the hand, Lord Jesus, and bring us to be with you in heaven. Father, what a hope. May this be our hope so that wherever we are facing now, in our families, in our workplaces, in our farms, that we will know your love and care, your goodness and mercy, leading and guiding us forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.